All right, all right, here we go for the freaking Monday show. Let's get into it. Going to flip it up again on the moto interviews. We get the people from the press conference. We get that audio. I get these interviews all chopped up and ready to roll here on the big four nine. And uh, normally we just start at the top and that would be Chase Sexton today. But then I'm like, you know what? I want to hear from Eli Tomac. Eli is the guy that I got questions on right now. Chase is doing what he's going to do. I know he got dock seven points after the race for jumping on a Red Cross flag. In the Moto Minute today, you'll hear his defense of that. He says he saw that Dean Wilson was the cause of the red flag, and he was already back on the bike and rolling it back onto the track. So he jumped the next jump, and then, bam, they nailed him seven points. Kind of BS in his eyes, but he says it is what it is. The AMA's got to do what they're going to do. You hear that in a Moto Minute today? I also go in on Racer X today, and here's what's weird. I got no beef with them, te- really. My beef with them is that they're money grubbers. And I hate that about this industry in general. That, that the people would like sell their mother for a dime in this moto industry is, it's off-putting to me. Considering we're operating at just the most minute budget ever, and we still don't sell our soul. To make a buck. And I don't know, are we different? Do we have a higher standard than other people? Because to me, they're the best source of Moto Media. They truly are the gold standard of content. And they own half of the sport, let's be honest. And now they got a million podcasts all over the place. And they got a gazillion websites and this and that. And it's all owned by the same company. And they do this crap and... and I would imagine everybody goes there. I go there. I love that website. I love the content of that place. But, boy, are they disgusting with some of the advertisers they take on. And I'm over it. I'm over people grubbing for a buck. Even NBC and the Peacock. It's like, fine-tune your advertising to fit your audience and stop trying to shove things down people's throat. We, We talk about that all the time, race day on Saturday on Peacock. When they start playing AIDS commercials, AIDS medication commercials during motocross. And it's like, really, dudes? Seriously? You're going to do this? I, I look at what Racer X does with their pop-ups of telling you you have a virus on your computer as equally off-putting to me. It's like, it, this isn't cool. You should never grant an advertiser access to take over a person's computer screen on their browser. And you damn sure shouldn't do it for some scum advertising where someone's like, oh, no, your computer might have a virus. Click here. We can save. No, I'm not a 90-year-old woman that doesn't know technology. I know this is a scummy spam advertising that you guys take money from and allow on your site. And that's disgusting. And I'm going to call you out for that. You do something that gross, I'm going to call you out for it. That's also in the Moto Minute today. Uh, besides that, besides Eli, we got stories coming up next. I'll update you guys if you missed the Saturday show. I'll give another update on the Demon Box, and then I'm gonna be done with. I'm gonna be done with that for a while. I'm. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want anything else to happen. I'm thinking if I don't talk about it, bury my head in the sand, maybe it'll just die down, and we won't have to worry about it. I have a lady that is in trouble for basically trying to run interference for her dude that was doing bad things at a Walmart. Then I got maybe the coolest AI invention ever. It's not AI, it's just technology. It's it's amazing. 
Got a really bad sheriff down in San Diego. Shout out to our fans in San Diego. Everybody listening out there, we dig you guys. This guy messed up, though. He's lucky he didn't get killed. What he did could have got him shot and killed. And then I got the worst story ever of following a grandparent on social media. Yeah, you probably don't want to do that. And then I have a story about AI's probably going to take over the world and kill us all. So that's what you got. But up next, the one and only Eli Tomac, no longer the red plate holder in the 450 division and still not the red plate holder after this week. And we talk to him and talk about the neck injury and all that stuff. It is coming up here next. And then I'm going to get into the to the ghost box, the black box, the demon box, whatever everyone call. I'll do that, and then I'm going to be done with that for a while. All right? I'm Stretch. It's the Big 49. Big 49, it's Stretch. And right now we are sitting down with the number three tonight on the podium for the 450 class in Detroit. His name is Eli Tomac. And Eli, we know last week that you had a sore neck and things really weren't gelling for you in Indy, but you got out there and gave it your best effort and and had your worst uh, week of the entire season. Tonight, yeah, get out here. You looked much, much better. You got all the way up to second at one point, and you fell back to fifth or sixth. You end up third on the night. So how much of it was the neck? How much of it was just, you know, not gelling with this track completely? But uh, walk us through your night tonight as far as everything going down here in Detroit. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what happened, but um, I obviously got passed by Cooper when I went outside on the, the on-off, and then yeah. it was up the dragon back. I don't know what lap it was. It was sometime just after that, but then uh, that's when Justin got by me too. Maybe it was all at the same time. I don't, I don't totally remember, but okay. um, that was bad. And then I just was stuck behind him because um, yeah. we were all pretty close in pace, and I and I wasn't able to to make those moves. Um, you know, yeah. You know, I wasn't able to make another pass. So, and then obviously Chase came through. Um, but overall, you know, I my neck didn't really affect me at all tonight. So uh, okay. that was a good thing because I was. Honestly, last week was it really just came out of nowhere. I'm like, what is happening? So uh, it's good it's gotten better though. All right, and and I know that you mentioned last week that the track in Indy really made it worse. It was a really bad thing for you. Uh, tonight was the track uh, better. Like, what was the difference between this track and, uh, this week and last week as far as uh, the neck injury uh, coming along? Yeah, Indy was just miserable. So okay. uh, this week though. Um, yeah, it was it was it was much better being hard packed, but uh, okay, just got to go with it. Yeah, and by the way, we never got the the exact on what caused it. Was there an injury? Did you ever crash at practice or something, or was it you just slept on it wrong? I mean, it literally was. I woke up uh, Friday okay. morning, and yeah. I could barely turn my head to the right. So I don't know what it was. All I know is my muscle was locked up, and it yeah. and then it was bad for Saturday. But uh, I think I've I've talked about it enough at this point. Okay. All right, fair enough. Let's talk about this then. Uh, what was going on tonight that you weren't able to battle your way all the way to the front of the pack on this track? Was there something that you weren't comfortable with, or uh, what was going on out there? Yeah, with the with the way the track was, it just it didn't allow for much separation, uh, especially early on. Like we were all yeah. so close, so um, there was just a uh, you know a, a crazy fast pace at the beginning of that race. So it was it was tough no matter where you were. And was there at any point where you feel like you made a mistake that made it uh, uh, hard for you to overcome it at, at any point on the track tonight? Yeah, it was like decent position early on and then um, obviously was not smart to go outside in the nine degree turn. Um, okay. For the on-off, I thought it was yeah. fine and, uh, you know, obviously didn't end up working out. And then 
Um, kind of sat there behind Cooper and, and Barsha, and then, uh, yeah, just lost touch a little bit. I don't know. I got I made one mistake behind Wilson at one point and uh, made, had a little gap there and kind of just rode around, and honestly, I'm, I'm lucky to be sitting here. So, yeah. um, overall, I feel better than last week body-wise. Not quite 100, but, uh, okay. uh, you know, not, not too bad. All right, and uh, did you learn anything out there t- uh, tonight uh, following these guys and kind of, you know, picking up lines or anything? Uh, was there any good takeaway fr- from this tonight uh, besides, you know, getting on the podium and really salvaging some points in the championship race? Uh, well, one thing I learned with battling during that moto was don't leave the inside open. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Eli, uh, are we looking at just resetting now, uh, putting these last two weeks behind you and then heading into Seattle next week? with a refocus and a, and a new energy uh what's your vibe going forward right now yeah that's my mindset at this point so um yeah. so honestly i felt like last week i i should have even lost more points so okay. um you know just with what happened uh with two guys next to me so yeah um overall could have been worse could have been better but uh yeah i'm uh, i'm not too concerned at this point Right, and is it concerning at all? Is it even an issue that you're in a three-dog race instead of a two-dog race? Usually by the end of, you know, coming down to a championship, it's uh, you and one other guy. But this year there seems to be three of you guys that are holding on to this uh, bone, if you will. So does that change anything at all? Well, it, to me it doesn't really matter whether it's one guy or two. It's just you're okay. still in a tight race. And, uh, yeah, you're, you know, you just got to focus on you. So, um, yeah, you're just, you're, just, you're just battling, doing what you can. So, not much difference between one and two guys. All right, Eli, uh, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it as always. Congratulations for getting back on the podium tonight and uh, uh, staying right here in the championship hunt. Still uh, just a few back from Cooper. And uh, after the penalty on Chase, I think you guys are going to be uh, way ahead of him. So uh, it's it's still a three-dog race by the time this thing all shakes out. But we can't wait to see what happens next week in Seattle. Best of luck to you there. Hopefully we'll talk to you again soon at the top of the box. I'm Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Very interesting to see what's going to happen in that star racing Yamaha camp. You've got Jordan Smith and Danger Boy Deegan getting into it in the heat race. And then it was like a chain reaction. Jordan Smith's night just went down in flames. And the guy's sitting at number four or five in points at that point. He isn't anymore because he didn't even get into the main event. So he got zero points on the night in Detroit. Now, when asked about it after the race, Deegan laughed the entire time, kept smirking and laughing, and says he just wanted to win. He doesn't care if it's a teammate or not. I think Jordan Smith may not be the coolest guy to be a teammate with. The dude's bounced around team to team to team, and you're getting into it with the young rookie, maybe not showing him the respect he deserves. I don't know, but I really can't wait to find out what happens as the dust settles in this controversy. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. All right, here we go. It's a stretch show on a Monday morning. Back to the rain. What the hell with this rain, man? It's funny. You always talk about, God, I really wish we'd get some rain. We really need the rain. We really need the rain. It's like, all right, enough of this rain. I'm over it. But hopefully the droughts are going to be gone. Hopefully the neighborhood I live in doesn't wash away. A lot of hills in my neighborhood, a lot of mudslides and stuff like that. So far, everything's good here at my house. That is good, but damn, am I sick of the rain. 
You know what I'm most sick about the rain is uh, my damn dogs, like, trying to get them to go outside to keep pooping in the house and doing crap like that because they don't want to go outside. You open the door, and they, they'll walk out the front door, and they'll look, and they'll be like, oh, dude, it's raining. F you. And then they'll just run back in and run to their bed. And then they'll go, or sometimes they'll go to the back door. Like, they're so dumb because they're dogs that they don't know it's not raining in the backyard and the front yard. They'll sometimes go to the backyard and be like, no, 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 I don't want to go out there. It's raining in the front yard. Uh, let me in the backyard. Because my front yard is gated, so I let my dogs out in my front yard a lot. And that makes me laugh, but I'm getting over dealing with the dogs and having to keep them inside, managing letting them in and out because of the rain. It's just a pain in the butt. And they get come in all muddy. It's just a, it's a pain in the butt. This rain is a pain in the butt. We had a bunch of stuff got soaked. I had to move around. We were moving stuff. It was sitting outside. Every time you leave something outside lately, it seems like it rains every damn night. Over it. Right now, let me tell you something else I'm over. Playing the angel of death because I'm trying to be funny and take my mind off of a bad situation. If you did not hear the Moto Show on Saturday, or at least the part of the Moto Show where I talked to the numbnuts about the bad news I had for them regarding the demon box, here is the gist of what well, we're stuck right now. We're stuck. Uh, and by the way, Kyle's being a little B and not he's lost two weeks in a row and won't take the demon box. That was the punishment. Granted, I still believe Moto Man messed with it. I don't think it moved itself or something knocked it over. I don't know what happened. I think Moto messed with it because it was never a problem until it got messed with at the radio station. It was fine at my house for six years. It was fine. Sat here fine. Six years. And it did have a box of holy water on it. The holy, uh, the holy water I got from the cathedral in downtown L.A. But it had a bottle of that sitting. I got that stuff all over my house. I'm always prepared. Always prepared, prepared uh, battle evil. I was once married to Satan, my first wife. I tell you that. So right now I can tell you this. Uh, I had it. I had it bound. I had it put in the box. I saw it put in the box. I've had it for six years. It was never a problem. We bring it to the radio station. The plumbing has exploded again. Um, a lot of weird crap started happening. We had technical issues. My shows weren't loading when I was sending them down. There's stuff going on. Enough to where it spooked me enough to think, hey, this thing might be out. Like, I better get a hold of the lady that I had put it in the box in the first place. So I contact my friend and I tell them what happened. And they're like, you're an idiot. Why did you mess with it? To which I say, yes, I am an idiot. I apologize. Can you get me in contact with the lady again, who's a basically a witch who doesn't speak English. That's the best part. To which, after a day, I get a message back from my friend and say, yeah, bad news. She's dead. Lady's gone. She passed away at some point during the COVID pandemic. She was an older lady. Not super old, but older. And I'm assuming it was COVID. I, I didn't ask at that point. So I'm like, all right, fine. You get another witch. So I start trying to find people calling psychics and all that crap and people don't want to mess with whatever when you tell them a witch put it in there they don't want to mess with it because they don't know if it's a good witch or a bad witch or what kind of spell they're messing with and another people don't want to mess with it so they're like no so right now no one wants to help us like we're getting to the point to where i'm literally gonna have to go down there let it loose open the box let it out completely, because I don't think it's totally out right now, because not really that bad of stuff's happening to what I've seen happen in the past. Uh, I, I can let it out completely, and then bring someone else up to come and 
redo what the lady did before. We'll see. We will see. Uh, that, that's the update. The bad news is the lady's dead. They put it in the box. And the bad news is no one wants to help us put it back in the box. I'm going to continue that angle for a while, but if not, I'm, I'm going to let it go. So, that's coming up. Oh, man. That's what happens when you hang out with numbnutses. I hang out with numbnutses and bad things happen. What the hell? I don't want ghosts loose at the radio station. I'm, I mean, I would much prefer it loose at the radio station than at my house, which is the radio station that I broadcast from the majority of the time. But if this doesn't come, if I can't get this done by uh, April 8th or whatever it is when we do the day of the Glendale Supercross and Glen Helen Two-Stroke Nationals, we'll do both of those broadcasts that day. I am going to, I'm going to let it go that night in the studio. When I get there, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to bring it in to the studio and I'm going to let it go. And then I'm going to have somebody coming by to clean it up the mess after I'm gone. And I hope it doesn't follow me because I'm tired of those guys blaming me for this. I'm not the one to let it go. So we'll deal with this coming up. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 49. Big 49. It's a Stretch show on a Monday morning. Let's get back to the shenanigans and stop talking about depressing stuff. All right. How about this one? Let's go to a lady. Not in Florida, by the way. New Hampshire this happened at. A lady from Maine under arrest after she called in a fake bomb threat at a Walmart in Seabrook. You know, like, okay, seems like a nut job. Why'd she do that? Well, here's what happened. This story gets better. And it shows you what a dumbass this lady is. So 11 a.m. Saturday, officers received a report of a possible explosive device at a Walmart store. Soon after, officers reported that someone called the police department directly claiming a man in the store had a gun. So they get down there and they're like, something's going on at the Walmart in Seabrook and they evacuate the store and nearby stores because of the bomb threat. And they bring out the bomb squad and they sweep for explosives. Guess what? They don't find anything. Say upon their arrival, they quickly determined that there was no man with a gun inside the Walmart. And the store was evacuated and all that stuff for no reason. And they wasted the time of the bomb squad. And they did a sweep and they did everything they did to all of their due diligence police work. But there was no device there and no man with a gun there. And they say, you know, hoax calls or whatever. But around 4 p.m., this is where it gets good. They find the suspect behind the hoax threats at a Best Western Hotel in Seabrook. Her name is 38-year-old Megan Levitt of Alfred, Maine. She's been charged with false reports of an explosive device, false reports to law enforcement, false public alarm, criminal threatening, and possession of a controlled drug and I'm going to go ahead and say that's meth. And here's how this all unraveled on her. This is where this story is stretch show worthy. Uh, Miss Levitt was in an Uber when she called in the bomb threat. 
and the Uber driver called and said, hey, uh, a lady was in my car when she made that bomb threat. Once you're in an Uber, they, they got a pretty good idea of who you are with your credit card and everything. And she did it on a speakerphone in her Uber, called 911 and made the bomb threat. Her driver heard her make the calls and then later called the police at the end of his day. Officers say she was coming to the complex because, well, her boyfriend was getting ready to be arrested at Dick's Sporting Goods for shopping, which is next door to Walmart. So she calls in the bomb threat to Walmart to get her boyfriend off the hook for shoplifting at the Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah. She was trying to distract the police from arresting her boyfriend. So she called in the fake bomb threat and then the uh, guy with a gun. So she doubled down. The cops are just glad the Uber driver reported it because if he hadn't, they would have had no, no idea who did it. And he's the guy that told him about it. Seabrook police do not believe Saturday's threats are related to a series of similar threatening calls that have been made all across New England. So I'm sure people are aware those are happening all around New England, including this meth head tweaker that lives in a hotel. And she saw her boyfriend's get in trouble. She's like, I know, I'll just call in another bomb threat to Walmart. What could go wrong? I'll do it in front of my Uber driver because I'm a dumbass tweaker. And now she's going to jail. And hopefully the boyfriend's going to jail too. I hope they both go to jail. Looks like right now they're only charging her though. It's crazy. Tweakers make the world go round. Aren't they the gift that keeps on giving? They really are here on the stretch show. All right, coming up next, I'll tell you how AI is going to take over religion. It's scary. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. I know I talked about this on the Moto Minute on Sunday, but damn, is my heart feeling for Aaron Plessinger. Watching the post-race interviews where he literally was in tears, and he was in tears not because he was hurting from the crash. He was in tears because his heart was absolutely broken. That guy had the ride of his life on a 450 and was finally going to get his first overall win and a freak accident when the toe grabbed on the dirt through a rut and it just ripped him off the bike and he crashed in the last half of the final lap giving the win to Chase Sexton and a heartbroken AP talked to people afterwards with tears in his eye. He literally was trying to stop from crying as he was doing the interviews and it just killed you because everyone is a fan of the cowboy Aaron Plessinger and we hope he gets back to the front and on top of the box again soon that was an absolute heartbreaker I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now here we go it's a Stretch show on a Monday this one seems a little weird we all know about ChatGP and all that stuff that's taken over, AI is the future of everything they can write papers for you. I got to hit up as uh, a business owner, which is Big 49, from a AI company that said, hey, we'd like to try to do a commercial for you. And I was like, you know what? I, I want to try this. And you basically type in the name of your company. So I typed in Big 49. And then you give them your website. And then the, the AI went to our website, checked out our website, made a basically a radio commercial for me and played it back for me. It was garbage and terrible, but it, it was interesting. And it wasn't a radio commercial. I'm sorry. It was a uh, digital commercial that could be played so we could pay that you put it on YouTube or whatever. So it'd be one of those videos that you would watch before a YouTube video came on. The video was, was horrible, but we're also 
incredibly unique in what the product of the Big 49 is. There's, there is nothing like it on the planet. There's not another rock and roll radio station that caters 100% to motocross. There, there isn't. There just isn't. So it's very hard to put your finger on the 49. So it did a bad job, and I laughed at it, and I didn't even save the copy. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Delete. But it's out there, and it's becoming that easy. It's literally that easy. You you want to do something with AI? I want to write a paper on blah, blah, blah. Well, guess where they say, talking to this professor and, and all these AI experts, this guy is the professor of philosophy, theology, and ethics, and... Computing and data sciences at Boston University, the guy they talked to for this article. And this guy's theory is that AI robots will soon have the ability to perform religious ceremonies. No, let me rephrase that. They're already doing it. And they can even take it over. And here's how. They say as AI becomes more prominent in our day-to-day lives, it's going to be doing sermons and stuff. And you get a lot, a lot, a lot of churches they're hurting now they don't have the money what happens we're in bad economic times not only are we in godless heathen times where a lot of people aren't going to church but the people that are going to church can't afford to give as much as they did and a lot of churches are hurting they're not getting the amount of money they have as their expenses are shooting through the roof well what you're going to be able to do is have an ai bot give the sermons And they say the AIs are already writing the sermons for many priests. Because remember, AI doesn't have to have a soul. It's just got to have the knowledge. And it's got the knowledge of the entire Bible into it. It can spit out a really good sermon. They say AI is already doing better sermons than most priests can do. And they know the Bible better than most any human. I mean, you get those freaks that can quote every Bible verse. You know, it's weird. I, I read the Bible on a regular. I can't quote one verse, not one. I, I don't know one verse that I'm like, oh, that's my favorite verse. I can give you the rough context of what I've read. Oh, I like that one story where it's about blah, 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 blah. I, I, I can quote things like that, but not a chance I can tell you the verses. There's people that spit them out like the, off the top of their head. And... Hey, I can do that because it's a damn computer. It's It's got the entire Bible at its access. It can look it up instantly. And not only that, it can do a better sermon. It can do a better Bible study. It can also create its own music. It's AI. And a lot of churches, you have to pay for music sometimes. A lot of religious music is free, but a lot of it, if you perform it, if you sing it, there's a royalty because it was basically a public performance that you would have to pay to use that music. So this thing will create its own music and it'll write a song about Jesus. It'll write a song about God. It'll write a song about whatever you want it to be about. And voila, you can tell it. Hey, I want you to make a song. I want you to make it from uh, the book of John in the Bible and let me hear it. And it may crank out some really good stuff. So they say, we're, we're theorizing that coming yet it's already happening saying they're already finding their way into churches by a lot of priests started using the chat gps etc to write their sermons and then in some religions they have already made a fake priest 
and they have an example of one. It's at a Buddhist temple, and there's a robot, and I'm looking at it, and it's plugged into AI, and it does their sermons. It does their their religious ceremonies. They say it has the, the ability to change everything we know about our relationships with spiritual advisors and religious figureheads. It's also something that could be in your phone that you could take with you everywhere you go. So it'll be like having your own personal religious guru that you take anywhere you go with your phone. They say you can confide in it, you can talk to it, you can ask it for advice. You can learn to trust it to help figure out complicated moral and spiritual situations. And it's also not gonna let emotion get in the way because it's a robot. It's gonna tell you, all right, this is my religion, this is my base, this is what it's gonna tell you to do. They say the Catholic Church is already experimenting with an app that will facilitate the act of confession. Now, confession has to be between two humans. So I'm guessing you confess to the app, which isn't a human, because that's the really embarrassing part about going to confession if you're Catholic, is telling another person, yeah, I did this. Yeah, yeah, I was in here. I was wanking it. I was doing all, the, all those things, all that fun stuff. That's the problem with confession for most people. Well, you do it with the app, and then I think a, a person looks at the app, and then they get back to you. Is what the church is working on right now. They say the Vatican is cautiously encouraging apps that can assist with a confession, but the sacrament will still be carried out person to person. And it's partly for convenience and partly because when you're using an app, you're not dealing with another person, and that's the hang-up of confession. They say eventually we're going to get to the point where AI will be able to simulate deceased relatives if your preacher dies or your priest dies, you can just put him in AI. They say the younger generation now is going to grow up with the sense that AI chatbots are their friends. And they're even going to get to the point now with holographic and VR representations. And they're going to adapt to confiding in virtual reality and AI probably more than with humans. And they say that's going to follow over into religion. That's pretty crazy. Uh, of course, there's preachers out there now saying, no, I don't want to be out of work. This AI is the devil. Let me tell you, it's evil. It's warping the technology that will send us down the path of doom. Repent. That's what they're saying. Uh, they're saying they don't have a good example of a virtuous AI at this point. And it's going to be very important moving forward that we strive to continue to be better as people because we're going to have direct consequences with AI taking over because AI is not a person. Yeah, it's it's crazy. This Buddhist one, I'm looking at it, it's like an aluminum robot with a latex face. And it's doing... It's over at a temple in Japan. And it's preaching at a 400-year-old temple there since 2019. Say this robot is no ordinary priest. It's been programmed to recite the Sacred Heart Sutra, a popular mantra in Buddhism, through mechanics and AI. And the thing is six feet four. It's huge. And they've had it there since 2019, and people dig it. It's got camera lenses for eyes, and it looks at its people, and it'll look at you and make eye contact with you and talk with you. 
They say in Poland, there's a Catholic priest named Santo, and in China, there's an android monk called Jian Ir. And all of these recite uh, mantras and offer guidance on matters of faith. So we already have an AI Catholic priest in Poland, a Hindu priest in China, and a Buddhist priest in Japan that are already AI. It's already happening. And guess what? You don't have to pay them. And I'm telling you, churches start hurting for money. The bottom line is the bottom line with everything. And they're going to be like, wait a minute, this guy's way better than that 78-year-old man we had babbling up there, losing his place as he gave his sermon. So look out. AI's coming to religion, too. It's crazy, dude. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 4-9. Big 4-9. It's a Stretch, yep. Time to get your wangster on. Let me explain. This is my favorite story of the day, so strap it in. We got a girl, and she is out on a date. And she is looking at her phone, because that's what young people do when they're out on dates now. And she said her social media app alerts her that her grandpa just started a live stream. She's on a date. That's a funny conversation. So she says she tells the guy, oh, look, my grandpa just started a live stream. She said her grandpa likes to go to music and he likes to go to concerts and do things. And he's cool and he's on social media. Well, when she clicked on it, she said the only thing she could see on the live stream was a boner getting wanked. Grandpa was on live stream jacking off. Now, here's the best part. Apparently, he deliberately did it. I think he thought he was doing... He was talking to some lady, and he was wanking for her. He thought he was doing that. Told her to go on her on Facebook and check it out. And he thought he was, like, having a chat with her. He's an old dude. He didn't know better. So the dude's having a solo sex act for one of his female friends. And everyone who is his friend can see it. He, that's the part that people fail to realize. Like, I always think what I like, every now and then I'll like, uh, like, God, I get so many booby things and things like that. And every now and then I'll like one of them. Like, this is solid on the big 49. But I know anyone following me sees what I like, so I'm not going to be being a creeper on there or anything. And it's kind of what happened here. The old guy. Now, the girl says she shows it to her date, and her date's like, who's that? And she's like, that's my effing grandpa. <laughs> That is something no one ever needs to see, not even think about, let alone see in their lifetime, ever. Once is too much and you're scarred forever. Oh yeah, and at some point the camera panned up and she said she could see your grandpa's uh, grinning face behind the giant boner that he was wanking. So grandpa's wanking it on Facebook Live. The granddaughter chimes in while she's on a date and sees it. She can't unsee it. She runs home and tells her parents, who find it hysterical. And at the same time, the grandpa's now figured out what's happened. And the grandpa is on the phone with the parents, asking them how to get that off of his account. Because now it's it's up there. If you did a live, it's, it's a post that people can go back to and see later. Because, by the way, it's a cool thing. If you're filming something, you're like, hey, check this out live, but you can leave it up as a post. Well, grandpa's now got his grandpa porn up on Facebook, which I'm sure he's about to get banned for. And he's trying to ask his his son or daughter how to remove it. When the granddaughter comes home from her date, horrified, she just saw Grandpa wanking on Facebook Live. Yeah, Grandpa was a wankster. 
50 Cent wrote the song about him. I wrote it about Moto Man. I helped 50 Cent write this song. Because I knew Moto Man was uh, going to need it. Moto Man. I wrote a song about my friend Moto Man with 50 Cent. He's a wankster. Yeah, so if you are an old person or you are not that technology technologically savvy, I would say uh, never wank on Facebook Live or any type of social media. Never do anything with a camera if you're a smart person. Anything that can be recorded because it's going to come back and bite you in the ass inevitably, almost always. So never, never, never do anything. If you're a young person, don't film anything. And I know they all do. I've literally, I remember one time we were eating dinner and my phone goes ding and I got like a wrong text from someone. It was like a boob shot from some girl. I'm like, what the hell? Because people just send that stuff out now. Like, it's no big deal. Like, I would never send that crap out. But I'm old. And I'm also fearful of technology, knowing that I'm not the most technologically savvy person in the world. That if I had something like that, somehow it would get away. Or if I had something like that on my phone, I would set my phone down. I'd walk in and Moto or one of the numbnutses would be like, oh, here's Stretch's phone. Oh, look, he's got nudes. Send. Next thing you know, I'd go to everyone in my directory and everyone would get a picture of me walking around with my balls out or something awful. Something horrifying. I would never take a video like that because I don't want to see myself naked. I have shame. Lots of it. I'm not walking around going, yeah, look at me. Maybe I go on a diet and get super ripped and then I start walking around doing nudes all the time. Just start walking around with my dong out. Come to the radio station in a loincloth. Hey, what's up, bros? Yeah, that'd be good. Alright, it's time for me to move on from this story. It's, it's just wrong. It's what it is. It's just wrong. Grandpa, don't do stuff like that. Grandma, don't do stuff like that either. Even if you're a hot grandma or a hot grandpa. It's not good. Don't do that. Up next, we're going to go down to San Diego. We're going to tell you about a sheriff deputy that's lucky to be alive, but he's also in a lot of trouble. And I bet not going to be a sheriff deputy for long after this. Talk about it next. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 4-9. Big, 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 the big 49 moto minute brought to you by LBZ Saturday night in Detroit. Chase Sexton got docked seven points by the AMA for jumping on a Red Cross medical flag. And he's now come out and defended himself. He says that the flag was caused by Dean Wilson and that he saw that and he rolled a jump when he saw the flag. And then he said he saw Dino get back on his bike and start rolling away, at which point he doubled the next jump. And that right there is when the AMA popped him with the seven points. Sexton says he feels like he was completely in the right. He knows what he did. And the AMA is just going to do what they're going to do. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Ha <laughs> ha. Big 4-9. It's the Stretch Show on a Monday. Thank you for being here. Right now we're going to go to San Diego to an incident that happened down there Friday night, St. Patrick's Day. You know what happens on St. Patrick's Day? People get tore up from the floor up. People go out and get their pound on. People go drinking the green beer. People go drinking the Irish whiskey. If you're an American that's insulting to Irish people, you go drink an Irish car bomb or five. By the way, never ask for an Irish car bomb in Ireland. You will get punched in the face and thrown out of whatever pub you're in. So word of advice. It's not a drink that they created over there. So this is San Diego. Got a guy. He's had a couple. He's rolling out Friday night. His name is Michael Cruz. He's a sergeant there in the sheriff's department. 
since 2006. He's off duty at the time. But I gotta imagine even when you're off duty, you're carrying your gun and you're carrying your badge. He rolls up to the naval base at Coronado. Just rolling up, uh, they say. Mr. Cruz crashed the gate, did not stop to, for the gate, and drove right through. You know what happens when you crash through the gate of a naval base? Or any military base? You're lucky, A, they don't shoot you because they stop you for a reason that is a highly secured area. This dude, who, by the way, has now been arrested for suspicion of drunk driving, put the entire naval base Coronado on lockdown Friday night after the vehicle went through the facility's main gate without stopping. And then they ordered everyone, you know, like, locked down because, hey, we got someone crashing the gate. You know what happens at military bases people crash gates? Typically, those cars explode. It's typically some type of crazy terrorism. So somebody crashes through the gate and tries to crash into a building and kill as many uh, U.S. military personnel as they can. That's what they're thinking. So when you go crashing through, he's lucky they didn't just shoot him. But they stop him and they find out, oh no, this guy's not a terrorist. He's just a drunk sheriff deputy trying to find his way home. Man, several patrol cars surrounded the entrance near 3rd Street and Alameda Boulevard around 1030. Multiple gates at the air station near San Diego were closed while security personnel checked the facility. Uh, they made a Facebook post from the Naval Base Coronado early Saturday morning saying the main gate at Naval Air Station North Island is currently closed due to a security incident. Please stay away from the main gate while security conducts this investigation. That's because the dumbass, drunk dumbass, rammed the gate. Yeah. Later on Saturday, they announced that the gate was now open for inbound and outbound vehicle traffic. There you go. Naval Air Station North Island is one of eight U.S. military installations at the Naval Base Coronado. And that's the one the guy drove through. And just for reference to know what I'm talking about, in February of this year, a motorist was found with bomb-making materials at that very same gate at the base. They were not assembled into a device, but a guy came to the gate, was acting weird, and had bomb-making materials in his car. So high alert, high, high alert at military bases. And when a guy comes crashing through all drunk, you believe me, they had every right to open fire on that guy. I'm really surprised that they didn't. All right, speaking of drunks, I have a way uh, that drunks are going to like this next story. Drunks are going to be digging this next story. Like, wow, this is cool. And this has been around for a while. This is technology used for good. It's a good story. Gotta get into it next. It involves technology and beer. What could go wrong? Step 849. Big 49. It's a stretch show here on a Monday. Get ready to head into the final hour. Final hour, we will hear a replay of Eli Tomac if you missed that earlier in the show. Right now, though, I want to talk about when technology does really good things. This is amazing. I, I don't really get why they did it other than it's cool as hell. And I, I don't even drink it. I would want to do this. So there is a company. It's called Thirsty Thoughts. And they have a robot, which they call Homer. I don't think any relation to Homer Simpson, even though I bet that's where it is inspired. Unless it's the from 
uh, mythology Homer, but who knows? And all you do is you put this headgear on and you think about pouring a beer and Homer pours a beer for you. And here's what's really cool, and it's from a tap. So it gets a glass, holds the glass, pulls the tap, and pours the beer. So you're not doing anything. You're not touching anything. You're literally doing it with your mind. But if you're not really good and you don't concentrate, it says it just holds the glass straight up and pours it, and then it overflows and makes foam everywhere, and it spills all over the machine. Like, you really concentrate. You can pour the perfect cup of beer without ever touching the glass or the tap simply with your mind. Is that not the coolest thing you've heard all day? Yes, it is. Say the more focused a drinker is, the better the pint turns out. Homer started off as just a fun experiment by this entrepreneur, robotics expert, and neuroscientist named Seth Jackson. And he's like, you know what? This sounds fun. And then he started putting it out in bars, and now it's a whole thing. The year after he invented it just for craps and giggles, he started the company Thirsty Thoughts. This is the world's one and only mind-controlled beer-pouring robot. And it literally looks like a little tiny... You know, you might have a little bar at a party set up. It looks like a little bar. It's got a keg inside. It's got a tap on top. It's got a little robot arm. And it pours your beer. Well, it, it allows you to pour your beer with your mind. And they say what's happening is it's not reading your mind. You're not saying, I want beer. It's just, it doesn't know what you're focusing on, but anything you're focusing on is controlling the robot pour of the angle of the glass, which is how you don't get too much head on the beer. And if you're good at it, you pour the perfect pint. And Homer's been around already for eight years, and they say he's poured over 10,000 mind-controlled pints of beer. <laughs> there you go. We don't need bartenders anymore. Imagine walking up to the bar, putting on a little headset, pouring your own beer. It comes out like a vending machine. You're good. Yeah, they did it for fun as a prototype, and now it has become a business as an emerging, uh, emerging technology. I dig that. I like fun stuff with technology. By the way, the Big 49 is technology. We're, we're reinventing FM radio. We're a bunch of radio dudes. Let, let me rephrase that. Um, two of the partners of the Big 49 are reinventing radio. The third one is a numbnuts that likes to tell fart jokes. That's what's happening. Guess which one you're talking to right now. The third one that knows nothing. The smart ones are completely reinventing radio. It's what they're doing. The technology of the Big 49 to HLS streaming... 24-7. It is the future of radio. It is what all radio stations are going to be forced to go to in the future because right now they always realized technology was coming and they did this streaming called Shoutcast, which is a joke. And you can only have like 10,000 people at one time ever listening. And then it gets really expensive to add more and more and more. Big 49 can have a million people listening at once. And it's all never going to get more expensive the way it's done. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. And it's what all radio has to go to. Sirius Satellite Radio has to come this way or they're going to go bankrupt. You know how expensive it is to fly satellites around the globe? And I worked at Sirius. They have an actual room with actual rocket scientists in it that manually have to correct the satellites if they get a little off. They can steer them. 
They're satellites. Like, it's a serious thing. You know how expensive that crap is? Yeah, no, Big 49 is the, the wave of the future. You don't have that $30,000 a month electric bill that terrestrial radio stations have. You've got an endless signal that has no boundaries that can cover the entire globe. Technology is fun, man. And it's coming if you like it or not. So embrace it or get out of the way. I, I truly feel every way you consume audio music will be the way the Big 49 is done right now into the future, in the very near future. Everyone's coming this way. They have to. All the iHeart stations, all the Odyssey stations, they have to if they want to survive. Because they're going to get consumed with just expenses, and those big companies are all about cutting expenses. Then you get dumb nuts just like us that are like, all right, we're just going to make this ourselves. We got our own network. Those guys have, I don't know, four or five billion dollars invested in their audio platforms and we have less than a percent <laughs> of a, a half of a percent of what they have and we have our own network going with just two stations now and more coming soon it's crazy i'm stretch eli tomax up next it's the big 49 big 49 it's a stretch show getting up out of here for a monday time to bounce out tomorrow gonna get cooper webb or chase sexton on other side i don't know which one yet one of them it's a surprise We'll have one of those guys on tomorrow. Plus, we'll have the Eli Tomac interview if you missed it. Later on this week, we'll get into Danger Boy. I might even bring Danger Boy in tomorrow. You never know. Never know. Whoever got on the podium, we got them all. We will sprinkle those in all this week here on the Stretch Show as we get ready for Seattle. That's the next round of Supercross, Seattle. Coming back to the West Coast. Shout out to all the West Coast riders. Get ready. Get ready, mofos. Get ready to ride. Short time to dance. Haven't seen these guys in a while. We will be checking all of them out on Saturday. The 250 West Riders. 250 East got to go chill. Star Racing's going to go back to their compound and try to settle their beef between Jordan Smith and Danger Boy Deegan. Shout out to Danger Boy, man. Kid rides his ass off. Huh? Nothing but respect for that kid. He's about the sixth race of his career, seventh, and he's already tied his dad's podium record. <laughs> it's crazy. Crazy how good that kid is. And I like him. He's been cool to the 49. We talked to him out of Palo last year when he was rolling around. Very cool kid. So that is what's coming up on the docket this week. I got to get up out of here. If I ever get an update on the ghost box, I'll let you know. But I really don't want to talk about that. Anymore. I'm going like Eli Tomac. I, I think I've talked enough about that. I'm going to stop talking about that. Unless something bad goes wrong in the studio again this week. And then, believe me, it'll be back to the top of conversation. And now Stretch is a dick for bringing it to the studio in the first place. A-holes. Where I say they're dicks for letting it go. Knocking the beads off the box. Dumbasses. Dumbasses! Anyway. That's all I got today. I gotta get up out of here. I got a real job I gotta go to. Where they pay me handsomely. Joking. Where they pay me like crap. I'd rather be here working for free at the Big 49. At least I have fun. All right, I'm getting out of here. I will talk to you guys again tomorrow morning for the Tuesday show. Until then, God bless you all. And God bless the United States of America.